Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's up, comic book jerk fans? After some long technical difficulties and some extended edition Batman vs. Superman, just wrapping that movie up, we're finally here. Say hello, everybody. Hello, hello everybody. everybody. That's right. I've got Brian video. here. We finally got a Twitter for Brian, too. Hey, Twitter for Brian. It's, tr- it's true. That's it's right. true. I've done it. I've Welcome to real life. I pulled the trigger. And Chris is back. What's up, Chris? What up, everybody? Thanks for having us back, man. And... Yeah, definitely good to be uh, back with you guys over here. It should be fun tonight. And we've got Justin, which is a blank screen right now. But we'll fix that in a moment. So, uh, Justin, about what time is it right now? It's time to kick that music. That's right. Right after the disclaimer, in case we have some kind of uh, footage that we shouldn't have, just know that this is all covered under fair use. I think. I don't know how long I left this thing. Trolls, don't adjust your keyboard. You're about to watch the Comic Book Jerk Show. From the flamers and dudes who were trolling the fans of midichlorian masterminds concocting a plan before he had an emporium up in Dorian L's and he was complaining about those movies starring Christian Bell and his manga mastermind returned again to reboot his new show with all his geeky friends. Like the difference in Wookiees and Tribbles and Kibbles and Bits. The story comes together like a reductor twist from Harry Potter. Or maybe it's worse. You might even curse the jerk for reminding you that everything's worse in the back of your mind. He says what you never could and you never should and you never would but he could so listen up troll and let's go it's time to sit back and watch a comic book jerk show hopefully we don't have any more technical difficulties because it seems like we've been having a uh, ton of technical difficulties so I, I guess I'm looking at the stream now it seems to be working so I, I can't I, see I don't know little corner that I got right here Uh-oh. I don't know hold on Already having technical difficulties here. Everyone's videos. Oh, no, I see us all. I see us all. I can see us all. I can't. Uh, I can't see us all. Nope. 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 We just went down. Uh, we oh went no! Down. I'm blaming Skype on this one. I can <laughs> still hear everybody though. I've ever... Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I mean, the only person I don't have is. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Can you chop. hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear can you see me? But I can't see anybody. Is everybody down? I can see everybody but Aaron. Oh, I'm the, I can see, yes, I'm I'm the one that's down. You're the weakest link. Yeah, that figures. I'm, you're the weakest link. I am Goodbye. the weakest link. After these technical difficulties, we'll be right back with you. Oh, look, everybody's back. <laughs> so anything can happen since this is a live show, but we're back. So hope I'm I'm glad. Still that live? That, yeah, we are. We're still live. I mean, I didn't same shut, link. I same link. I think. 
I think the same link. If it's not froze up, is is anybody watching it? Hey, hey, yeah, we got we got people. Can they see us? Oh just, man, um, um, just like if you can see us or put an angry face because I'm, you're. I'm drinking mad a beer really fast us. right now because of that. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. It's it's like proof or something because we're not sure if you can actually see us on your end. Yeah, we just lost probably every viewer we had. But we're still up to we're still up <laughs> to five, five though. All five of us, and there's four of us in this window, and Justin's girlfriend's watching, so that's good enough for me. Maybe everybody will watch it. Fiance, fiance, don't downgrade well, this her is like 2016, that, man. At least we're all watching each other, so we're feeding our narcissism collectively. Yes. You know, yes. <laughs> it's just like I can this, see like, you. I can see me in a little box in the corner. It's just it's a lot of narcissism. People are watching me over here on my phone. <laughs> yeah, all all one person, <laughs> all one person is watching you. We usually have the chat chat wow, booming, but five five. Oh, uh, so uh, is is there a link I could post to Twitter on this? I have no clue. Ah. Can, I'm I'm not for sure if you can share. Right, you can give it. You can, can give your um um shout out to your own little Twitter handle. So. That's, that's right, Brian. Wow. Brian, At Brian Rosenthal eighty two is that it? I don't even yeah, if fucking you, if know. If you just point below the screen, you could you could see your name if you hold your hands up. Yeah, there you go. See, there it is. You go perfect. B Rosenthal eighty two. That's right. Can I fondle my name? I think you can. Uh, a little lower. Yeah, little. A little, little, little lower. To the little, left. Yep, there yep. you go. Stop! Stop! Yeah! Stop, 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 yeah! And let's. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, it's your turn. You can fondle your Twitter. You want to look at? Hey, look at Chris. He's a pro at this, man. He's he's right on it. Yeah, Chinese finger cuffing that shit. I'm hilarious. You need to follow me. Unfortunately, follow Justin has not had a Twitter yet because I didn't know that he was going to be on Twitter. <laughs> You've tweeted me before. Don't lie to me. I, I mean, I like a little title there, though. I well, mean, see, the cause. A kid right I, there. I didn't know so, if you were going to be on was, the show, so I, I reprogrammed the whole show and forgot about your window. But I didn't forget about my window. Look, ah, I've changed mine up. I've changed it up. There's always a little, little bit of, of tedious little nitpicks that I have each show. So everybody gets a window. Everybody gets their own name below the window. Window. And everybody gets a beer. Oh wow. Uh, nah, I'm okay. I got Mountain Dew. Chris, what you drinking? Uh, I am drinking Maestro Do Bell Tequila. It is my new personal favorite. Nice. Well, not new. It's been been a little bit that it's been my personal favorite. But. And and Brian's over there still editing, so he's he's like I'm on a podcast, but I'm also working <laughs> at the same time. No man, I'm 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 promoting. Really, I'm like trying you to learn this whole thing. Events, all right, so. Yeah, so you, you have got, fun with that. You got to get into that Twitterverse. You got to get into that Twitterverse. He's Brian has had Twitter for for maybe a week now, and he's already mastered it way more than I have. Like he was posting links that you could actually click on. I was like, "How are you embedding links on your Twitter?" Well, well, like he just got his own account, but he's kind of he's been dipping his toes in the water for like the last year. Like, we have a Twitter account for uh, WTF Law. And the two of us pretty much go back and forth, moderating it and engaging with everybody. So he knows what he's doing, but now he's made the full-on commitment to get on the uh, get on the Twitter train. And I, I think I think he's gonna like it. I, th I think he'll be all right. All right. So so let's get to the part what the comic book jerk actually entails, which is comic books. 
Oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk comic books. Yeah, we do have to get this out of the way because the the podcast before last week's you had the theory of what Captain America Hell Hydra was all about because we we completely was just like I Hell Hydra. What about DC Rebirth? Just kind of skipped it all. So so go ahead and 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 tell them about what your theory was in the original uh, podcast. I called it a month ago, and honestly, I think I was one of the last people who wasn't pissed off about the fact that, you know, Captain America was all Hail Hydra. I thought it was great. Uh, it was actually different for the first time. But as soon as that happened, I said, the only way that this could happen is if somehow the Cosmic Cube, when he changed him, messed up and somehow changed his memories or changed the timeline. And what happened? His memories were messed up. I called it right from the start. Yeah. So, so Red Skull has the cube, and then he's like, this is my cube, and I love this cube. Yeah, but, and then the cube gets broken up by Cap. But but you're forgetting the, the most important part of it, though, man. The, the Cosmic Cube is not just a Cosmic Cube anymore. The Cosmic Cube is actually some little girl. I was getting to that. And, so Cosmic Cube is a little girl now, and Captain America's the one who caused it to break up into the shards or whatever. Then she shows up and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm Team Hydra. I like Red Skull. He's cool." And then you got Red Skull sitting there reading bedtime stories about you know world domination and and Hydra and all that stuff. So so yeah. essentially, she she implanted these memories into this guy, and he, and she's like, "Oh well, I'm not. I, I could do this to anybody now." And and you know, Red Skull, he's he's gonna do the old cap hell Hydra. You know, it, it feels yeah. it feels awkward for me to read Marvel anymore because there's so many duplicates of characters. There's like three, four Thors. There's like five Spider-Man characters. There's uh, two Thors. Oh, you mean like six runs like, of Superman and Batman yeah. that I can go and shelf too? I mean, comic books have always done that. It's just whether they line it up or at least make it make sense is what I'm looking for. And honestly, like, one of my friends was like, oh, was it something like he was transported to another timeline and then a clone was brought back? And I'm like, it wasn't even that that complicated, dude. And then when they, they just did, did the, they, they did the thing that everyone assumed they would do. Well, see, they, they, marveled. they did the Battle World thing, and it was like 99 Thors on the wall, dude. Like, they had issues where there was at least thousands and thousands of Thors just all over the place. And I was like, 99 bottles of Thor on the wall, 99 bottles of Thor. You take one down, you pass it around, 99 bottles of Thor on the wall. But I got yeah. 99 Thors, but a Loki ain't one. <laughs> yeah, I got 99 Thors and Loki wasn't one. It, exactly. So I got 99 Thors and a bitch was one. <laughs> oh. So let's, let's, uh, Let's get into what we were going to talk about. Should we should we prep everybody? Should we be like, all right, here's what you're about to listen to, you know, in terms of like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, we. Yeah, let's... I, got my, I got my Captain America rant out of the way. All right, the Marvel, <laughs> and there is there that you. Know, I'm still interested because I I still want to know what's going on. But they gave away the the reveal of why he's Hydra way too soon. Yeah, in my they, opinion. Yeah, I mean, going it, off going off on on your rant, dude. It it is weird that they amped up this Hell Hydra thing to be like one of the number one selling comic books, and then they they pretty much tell you why the next week. It's almost like that issue was probably an issue six, but people threw a fit so bad they turned it into issue two, so people could shut up about it. But 
You know, they Marvel's also people pleasers. They also <laughs> dropped it when uh, DC Rebirth didn't have anything to release this week. So, you know, that might have been been a plot or a plan. Like you're going to read. Well, that was the years. only. Well, I mean, that was the only thing that I had on my pull list. That's the only thing that would remotely interested me. Um, I kind of wish I had read the Deadpool Spider-Man just because the little shot they took at DC was... It made me chuckle. I like when comics oh, yeah, take yeah, cheap D- shots at DC. Yeah, they definitely took a shot at, at, at DC with that, man. But I should have included that for the podcast. But, oh well. Yeah. We do have to prep you because we are still amped up to talk about Batman vs. Superman. Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. I'm waiting for the Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Martha edition. I don't know if you guys are ready for that, but the Ultimate Martha edition is coming soon. Very soon. The Even ult- more Martha e- than there is now. Triple the Martha than the Ultimate Edition, which the, the Ultimate Edition did give us about 60 more seconds of Martha, because it did cut to her actual face and the which- gun in her face for once. So. so 60 extra seconds of Martha is in the Ultimate Edition, but I'm still waiting for that, that 15 to 20 minutes of Martha. Just Martha everywhere, but just Martha all over my face, neck, and chest, dude. Just Martha. <laughs> well, I like uh, I just wrapped Justice it, League. Like, the seventh member is plot twist. The seventh member actually is Martha. <laughs> well, I, I just uh, I just wrapped it up maybe two minutes before we uh, before we came on, and I, I watched it when I got on. Yeah, warning. So. Spoil. Hold on, warning. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Oh, 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 if you stop. haven't seen it, but really, I mean. If you've seen the whole movie, there's an extra 30 minutes, and yeah. I mean, I don't think that it's going to spoil anything. It might just improve it. I'm going to be more honest with you. The Ultimate Edition. I've got a whole list here. Yeah, the Ultimate Edition didn't spoil anything for me because it was just like an extra two minutes here, an extra two minutes there. It wasn't like Daredevil, the director's cut, because if, right. if you look back at Daredevil, director's cut, it was a completely re edited and restructured and re. I don't know what you call it, man, but it was more than the director's cut. It was kind of like it was um, very different that that you know the the director's cut of Daredevil. That's for yeah. sure. Can you guys hear me? Okay, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. So, will there be spoilers regarding the conversations about BVS UE? Silly question, probably. It's not a silly question. We did I mean, say spoiler alert. Yes, but there will be spoilers. But I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to ruin the movie for you, right? Is that what it, we're trying to get at? I don't know. I mean, if we're going to talk about it, we should. You know, we might as well just crack this shit right open. Yeah. Listen, any expecting comic book fan uh, will have seen this movie already, so we can't really be venturing into territory that if, they don't. Okay, let's here. You're here by your you own. Watch this movie seven times, whether you talk about. I, I'll be honest. I haven't sat down to watch the Ultimate Edition yet. I didn't have time today, but honestly, I'm going to watch it like seventy times. I know it. So, well, I will put it like I don't this. Think Let me put it like this for you, Justin. If you watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy, then you watch the extended cuts. Do you feel like you were spoiled by watching the the extended cuts after watching the theatrical releases? Because it's essentially the same. Well, you would be if somebody told you all the shit that they added into it. It's like, oh, well, here's this and here's yeah. this. And by the time you get to the movie, it's like, well... Yeah, Legolas totally shot that motherfucker off the top of the roof, man. He came crashing <laughs> so down. I, I, the full-on sex scene between Clark Kent and Lois Lane with full <laughs> penetration yeah. is... I mean, you gotta see it for yourself, yeah. so it doesn't matter how... Wait, wait, you know. wait. Was you watching the, the Axel Braun <laughs> Batman vs. Superman porn parody? Because I think that's what you oh, were actually... Oh, shit, is that what I ended you up You downloaded doing? the wrong oh. movie, dude. I knew it. No I wonder I couldn't stop jerking off. I could. I don't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what took you so long, man. 
Killer. Chris had 20 minutes left on Batman versus Superman, and he was here way before you. You had five minutes, and he had 20. I was counting, and I was like, I wonder who's going to be here first. Is it going to be Brian? I didn't think there was really any way to be able to add anything more uh, past the part I was already at. Like, I, I was I was already at the part where, spoiler alert, Doomsday kills Superman. And uh, I pretty much figured that everything... Ah, I know, I know. What, no. What... You spoiled the whole movie. I'm not watching it now. Oh, you wait, spoiled it 20 years later. <laughs> oh God, I, I watched it. it. Just like the trailer spoiled it for us like crazy. That was the biggest problem I had with this movie is the fact that like yeah. every single trailer gave away every single little point. Like yeah. I was, what, 15 when when Doomsday came out? You know, so I was really disappointed that they showed that in the trailer because, you know, even though I would have known it was coming up, it would have been really nice to have that be a surprise instead of all of a sudden seeing Doomsday in a trailer and being like, oh, cool, Doomsday's going to be in here. It's just like when they when they showed Doomsday, I was like, well, I mean, it's like they're either going to go all the way with this and kill Superman, oh, excuse me, or they're not, and they're going to do a totally different thing where... He gets launched into space or something, you know. So, so when they when they were going and he picking up, he's picking up the spear and flying. I'm like, oh, so they're actually going for this. This I should think, be interesting. I think you're getting Star Trek too confused with Superman because they they definitely wouldn't do a search for Spock for Justice League, a search for Superman. He's launched into space, <laughs> but I don't know, man. Brian Singer kind of launched Superman into space in the first 15 minutes of Superman Returns, so. It's a possibility. <laughs> it is a possibility. That's about one of the only things he did with Superman in that movie, but uh, that's another story. I actually like that movie, believe it or not, I'll tell you as what, much I, as like... I, figured I did that, too. I figured that we would spoil Daredevil, the director's cut, more than we would Batman versus Superman because that movie had Coolio in it, and the other movie just had Coolio in it for like 10 seconds. You're like, what the fuck is Coolio doing in this movie? You watch the director's what cut, the fuck like, was anybody oh, doing in that movie? That, yeah. <laughs> I have I have no blah, clue. Blah blah blah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But anyway, that's what it sounds like. I got blah, 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 blah. Okay, continue. Brian, what 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 do you have on your list? All right, so I actually had this like stream of consciousness list that I wrote as I was watching the uh, the film. Just you know, pointers, bullet notes, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so so you know, maybe we can go through a few of these and and kind of talk about them. So. Number one, uh, this still bothered me the first time I saw the film, and immediately uh, it bothered me again when I saw the extended cut. This kind of sets the tone for the whole film to let you know that it's going to be really serious, but also kind of really stupid at the same time. Okay, do you remember the part where, where Bruce Wayne is driving in his Jeep that they're plugging away for, you know, whatever SUV company or whatever, and he's like, Jack, you gotta get out of the building now. That's an order. I'm your boss. And then, like, it cuts to the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll, yeah, everybody, get out of here." But he's like standing right in front of the window, and like the entire city's already crumbling in front of him. And only when Bruce Wayne calls is he like, "All right, guys, yeah, you yeah. should probably take the rest of the day off." Are you fucking serious? Like, they, they weren't planning on leaving the building as soon hey, as the destruction started? Hey, you think like, Bruce Lane, Wayne's going to give him a day off, man? He was like, no, you're working at Wayne Tech. I need my batarangs. I want every one of your little batarangs really and your kids. McDuck. He's like, I want your kids over there in Venezuela making my damn batarangs. I want them now. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He actually just brands people who don't show up yeah. for, for, uh, for work on time. 
not just criminals. He's yeah. really on the edge. It's not, on my payroll. It's not just a death <laughs> sentence. It's 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 a six month evaluation on whether or not you're gonna get your pay raise. It's like no, you got the bat brand. You're gonna have to go on. That doesn't look healed enough. You know, no 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 bat. It's like no one has said right here in the comments. She's like, it's like that's what they actually said in um how it should have ended. I don't know if you guys ever watched that, but fantastic I, yeah, YouTube channel. And they're like, uh, hey, you need to get out of the building. Oh really, really? Because I was thinking on staying. No, you need to leave. <laughs> I need to just kind of kick back. Take a nap. <laughs> it's 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 a really stupid moment. I don't know what the hell they were thinking, and uh, you know, I, I get that they were trying to do this kind of like somber, sad moment, but it was just it it, it came off really stupid, like in the context of everything, you know. Um, all right, you guys ready for point number two? Yeah, let's go for two. point number two. All right. So I felt like it was a lot more balanced and you got a better sense of Superman's dilemma. Uh, like the whole, kind of like with the whole world divided on him, like you have people who believe that, you know, he's a savior and he's, you know, here to help everybody. And then you have all these other people who've been, who've had things happen to them and they're angry that there's a God on earth and that he didn't come help them, you know, whereas he maybe helped the next person. So it's, it's this interesting kind of like, it's, it, it, I feel like it starts to touch a little more on the reality of what it actually would be like if Superman arrived on Earth, which is God is here, and then some people are going to be jealous and some people are going to worship him. So I, they, they, they pushed that along, I felt, really early on, like especially in the first act. They did a lot more with Superman and a lot more with his kind of internal conflict, you know, with like the extended, that first extended scene with the... Uh, uh, with like the terrorist thing and the hostages and all that and sort of how how that plays out and the weight of his decision there, you know. Jimmy! Um, oh yeah, yeah. They actually call him by his name in the extended cut. They I'll, thumbs up there. Like you had to look at the fucking end credits. You know that was Jimmy Olsen in the yeah. And I, I, th I think I sent you a message too. I was like, <laughs> I sent Brian a message that night. I was like, it was Jimmy Olsen, dude. Look at the credits. <laughs> what was you saying, Chris? Well, no, I was just saying, like, thumbs up and thumbs down. Like, yeah, we got Jimmy Olsen, but we got him for, what, like, two minutes? Like, one of the, one of the biggest secondary characters of, like, Superman lore was just like, hey, I'm Jimmy Olsen. I'm gone. You know, uh, I thought that was a little bit of a I, – I think that was a misuse to the character. Yeah. Yeah. It, Dude, it, I, it's I was heartbroken, man. Like, I even made a meme. Yeah. Like, I, I showed uh, – <laughs> <laughs> you remember that meme I made, Brian, that had uh, – uh, the guy from Smallville playing Jimmy Olsen and him oh, dying with Chloe. No, it was it was the guy that played Jimmy Olsen on Smallville getting held by Chloe and dying off. Like, and I put no Snyder. Right, yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, dude. Like, and I knew that was Jimmy even before I seen the credits. I was like, man, he would make a perfect Jimmy Olsen. Man, this would be pretty cool if that was Jimmy Olsen. And then they kill him. I'm like, well, I guess that ruins that fucking idea. No more Jimmy. But he, he's letting you know, and, is, you know, Snyder's letting you know that this is not going to be, you know, the kind of Superman movie or Batman movie that you're expecting right away. He's like, I'm killing Jimmy Olsen, and you're either along with this ride, you know, it's this kind of, like, Elseworld sort of deal, or you're not, you know? Um, so I, I thought that was, uh, I, it's a bold move, you know? You're either with it or you're not, yeah. and uh, yet at the very least, I think it's a bold move. Um Anybody else? Uh, no, I mean, I was, I was always upset when, you know, Jimmy died the first time. I, I didn't really put it together. They were like, that's Jimmy Olsen in the credits. And I'm like, but they killed him. 
I mean, we didn't get to see any happy-go-lucky, like, golly, Superman, or, oh my gosh, Lois, I'm in trouble. I mean, well, you know, well, if I was Snyder, Snyder and I wanted to, to make the fans happy, it would have been Jimmy Olsen to flip a watch-up and contact Superman to save him and Lois, like like he does in the comic books and the TV shows and all that bullshit. Like, I contacted Superman, like Supergirl, Jimmy Olsen has a watch that he contacts Superman. It's like... Superman, Supergirl's in trouble. Come save her, you know. But <laughs> Zack Snyder's like, yeah, Zack Snyder's like, I don't even fucking like Jimmy Olsen. Kill that son of a bitch. Like in a way, if you watch Batman versus Superman, it's like Zack Snyder just doesn't like Superman at all. It's like let's let's kill him, let's kill his best friends, let's uh, let's have him be with Lois, but let's make it to where it's awkward between the two of them. Like they get in the bathtub, yet Lois is always like, yeah, I'm trying to hide. Yeah, I'm texting my boyfriend here about uh, a bullet that she, that he's looking up, you know, and it's like, oh, Superman's home and he has flowers. Yeah, I'm butt naked in the tub. It's like, shit. I just happen to have the general's uh, number <laughs> on speed dial. Yeah, I just, just happen to have. It's a prize winning uh, Nobel Prizes now, get you and stuff like can we, that. Can we so. bring up a plot point over here with that bullet? Yeah. Um, it's on my it's on my list. So the bullet, spoilers, ends up being a uh, you know traced directly back to LexCorp. It's a bullet that's specifically designed by LexCorp. All that bullet does is it shoots hostages. Am I correct? That's what ends up happening in yeah. the beginning. Yeah, okay. but it's Just it's specially designed by LexCorp to do what? I guess to to fuck people. <laughs> I mean, what do you? Oh, so think? he does. Okay, hold. So. He has special bullets designed that do nothing out of the normal to shoot a bunch of hostages. Why would he do that? Why would he why would he literally put his signature on the bullets other than for there to be a plot point and for well, Lois Lane to be like, "Oh, where did this come Social from?" Path kind yeah. of thing to like let him know like I'm the stupid, one who did it. Stupid well, plotting. Well, see, I... No, because he I don't think he wants to get caught. That make they never make a point of that. It's a 3-hour film. I don't see, you know, I don't see that being on the cutting room floor at this point. Yeah, but but I do I do see what they were trying to do with that because this Lex he likes to leave little clues. Like that's why why you see so many fanboys getting on there and complaining. Oh, this, this you know what this that Lex is Luthor point. is is, is like the Riddler. Like every time you see somebody compare this Lex Luthor to anything, they're like, oh, he's the Riddler because he leaves the jar behind right before the explosion. I... Like. Like he, so, so, and I mean, I think that he knew, like you know, that yeah, Batman or someone well, would find the kryptonite, and well, that's why he he kind of he what, was angry, but he also kind of had a smile about it. Yeah, well, that's what the extended version does. It pretty much tells you straight up, right then and there, that hey, I know who Bruce Wayne is, and I know who Clark Kent is, you know, because I'm going to send them personal invitations, and that's not really in the theatrical cut. Um, made out as as much as in in, in the ultimate edition because Perry White comes up and says, I don't think that I mean well yeah but I don't think that it was it was pretty well implied though in, in the theatrical cut I don't think that like adding that in didn't really yeah. add anything to the movie like when he shows up you know and he's like oh Clark Kent Bruce Wayne meet each other how you guys doing and he has that whole like little fucking quirky exchange with the two of them I mean he obviously set them up to meet each other so I never once like felt that that scene was, you know, needed or, or anything Yeah, but like I also that. feel like he was setting it up the whole time to get caught. Like, he wanted somebody to catch him, but but he also wanted to keep it in the dark. Like, you catch me, it doesn't matter if you catch me, because I've got so much dirt on you, what are you going to do? Tell the whole world, and then I tell the whole world about you? It's like, he's like, you're not going to do that, you know? And, like, he purposely, like, 
like Justin said with the kryptonite, even in the theatrical version, he was he was wanting Batman to find that kryptonite because he still had that little chunk that he was using as a blade to cut uh, cut Zod's fingertips and stuff to make Doomsday. So he still had a piece of kryptonite. It didn't matter if he had a whole big chunk of it. He had enough kryptonite, so it wasn't like it was a big deal for him to be like, eh, you know. He wanted him to find it because he think wanted that to see who won. Clash of the Titans type it's thing. It's still at, at the core of it. I still believe that this Lex Luthor was a very true Lex Luthor. Because, you know, he, it, yeah. Yeah. He, he, if you take away the, the you know, eccentric, like, twitchy kind of style that he had, you know, he's still, he's very xenophobic to anything outside of Earth. He believes that he's the only one who's capable of protecting Earth. And that, you know, metahumans should be studied and contained and not, you know, glorified as gods. And he, you know, he believes that, you know, Superman's just like, you know, he's just, eh. You know, I, I don't like this guy and I want him gone because he's going to be the end of humanity. You know, and I feel like, you know, it, he wanted that recognition for being the hero. He wanted to be the one who protected Earth. He wanted to be the one that, that killed the god or that, you know, brought these two together to, to have the most epic fight ever. And then when it didn't work, you know, he's like, crap, it didn't work. I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to kill him and save us all. And he created Doomsday, you know, just knowing that, you know, if it kills us all, at least, you know, I won in the end. So Now, now we do we do have a uh, an actual question here on the, on the Facebook thing. They want to know if we think that the movie was too dark. And the fact that Lex is actually Lex Luthor Jr. And there's still a possible, you know, still possible Lex Luthor's father being out there somewhere. Like, like there's that scene where he's in the uh, the house and he's like, well, maybe if I keep it exactly the same way as it is, my dad will come back home. So his dad is out there somewhere. So we don't really know whether or not he's he's been killed or if he left Lex or, or what. So there's still a possibility that Lex Luthor Jr. isn't the actual Lex that I see Chris I see Chris shaking his head, Chris. No, no, there's there's no way um like a lot of people like tend to get this feeling from watching like a lot of Marvel movies that like everything's gonna be wrapped up in this nice little bow and everyone's gonna come out okay and everything. And that's kind of you know Reading comics and everything like that, that's not always the case. You know, um, comic books tend to be a little bit on the darker side, and people need to be a little bit less sensitive to that, I think. You know, we got to stop with this whole... Oh, man, what's the, what's the way I'm trying to put this? It, it, it's just stop stop expecting it not to be dark. You know, like the darkness actually... Looking through rose-colored glasses. Stop being so PC, yeah, I mean, bro. Looking through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> The Marvel Universe specifically has kind of made it up to be a, like a little bit softer, where even yeah. where people die, like mass events like New York and the Avengers and everything, it doesn't they really get around it. They're just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, oh yeah, you oh. you destroyed. And then the recently, whole city. they started acknowledging it more. So yeah, and then they started not when they start acknowledging it, then it's like, oh, Marvel's turned too dark, and it's like, no, they're just pointing out the fact that they've been tiptoeing around the fact that there's a lot of like you know they're they're all high-fiving at the end in a rubble destroyed city with lots of people wounded well, and killed well marvel well, and disney like tiptoe around everything because they have to get those movies out like now you have to get oh, it out oh, now. they more now. they more than tiptoe i mean like i would hate to be one of those people that that would you know that cast the wrong light on the film because it it has a certain tone but at the end of the avengers they're having shawarma they stopped to have shawarma <laughs> 
Which, you know, and literally, like, there's, like, fucking when, thousands of dead people. When we people should have got, a, like, and a cameo from Hank Pym or something. Like, like that's and what I'm I want to And I'm see. not saying that that's a bad thing. That's the tone yeah. of the film. You know, they, they under, you know, well, the Marvel films understand that. But that's, you know, that's well, my problem with look, the, with look at it, the last Look at it from, from this perspective. It's associated with Disney. They put something out, like, every six months that you can go ahead and check out. And you'll be totally fine with that. But let's... I mean, I love... I'm not saying that I don't like Marvel What? what? <laughs> let me put it. What? Let me put it this way. Uh, if you look at at what happened with Iron Man, uh, what was it? I don't know if it was two or three, but that was right around the point when Disney started making all these movies. And Robert Downey Jr. even said it himself. He wanted a darker Iron Man. He wanted the Iron Man like people grew up with, that was a raging alcoholic that couldn't do nothing right because he had he had this phobia and his you know he he went pretty much with a post traumatic stress disorder type thing and when they tried to do that in Iron Man 3 they toned it down so much that it wasn't what they were expecting or wanting to make out of a film but he went with it anyways like you can even read the reports about back, that back to what we were talking about with Batman versus Superman I know we were talking about Marvel but uh, Richard says I understand it's not Marvel but we've never had bats and soups combo and as I've said with other super interpretations do something that gives us justice to the characters first before going into your creative direction so well, we, we is have, it too dark we have I don't had personally think Superman. so I don't think we have had Batman versus Superman we've had them in, in Batman the animated series we had them on the Batman that and was on that's the, CW. the thing that okay yeah, but that's about the thing it. that I think that left people with a Wait, but, but that's the thing that I think a lot of people's problem going into this movie was. They were imagining Lex Luthor from the animated series. They were imagining a Kevin Conroy Batman where, you know, he occasionally catch, you know, cracks a joke and at the end of the day goes back to the Batcave and has a joke with, and a laugh with Alfred. But this time, you know, Alfred's telling him, you're crazy for, do for keep doing this. You've gone <laughs> off the deep end. Maybe you shouldn't do this. You know, he's saying, but, you know, he was so reluctant a few times to leave. He was like, oh, I guess I'll navigate the Batwing again. Like, like he's done this hundreds of times, but I don't think it was too dark, honestly. I think that... Founded in reality. It was, yeah, it was founded in reality. It tried, it was founded in more reality than the Dark Knight tried to do. You know, the Dark Knight was too much reality. But this one was, you know, I mean, it was a very political... And, you know, us and them kind of uh, movie. And I, I think that for us, you know, as Snyder movies goes, it's just his style and it's great. I, bad, I, I think it's one of his ass. better films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like Watchmen. People were saying, like, I mean, Watchmen's a dark story, too. But, I mean, he he made it even darker than I thought it could be. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a, that's actually a point on my list, you know, is that it, it's... It's intentionally, uh, especially in this extended cut, like it's intentionally meant to be dark. Uh, that's the whole point of it. Um, there's a lot more in that first act with how far Batman goes and how Alfred is reacting to all of that. Like it wasn't that way in the theatrical cut. You were kind of left to assume it a little bit more. You know, there was only sort of peppered in there. But I definitely feel like there were more scenes. You know, I couldn't tell you exactly which ones, but in that first act where you're like, "Wow, he's really gone over the edge." Alfred's really aware of it. Um, he's trying to keep him from going completely over the edge. And, uh, you know, he's flat out executing people with the brands, you know, and that's, you know, it's, again, it's 
they talk about it in the theatrical cut, but here they really, really, really go into it. And, and you know, he's a one he's, man. Yeah. He's he's waging a one man war on yeah, Gotham. And like the ultimate and edition that, does, it it really expands why Bruce Wayne is actually pissed off at the Batman. Like in the theatrical cut, I got no expectation of of why Superman's pissed off at Batman. Why is Superman so mad? Why right, is right, Superman right. not give a damn that he's going to kill him? There, right. Right, I, I believe there's a scene where he sides. They, they did it on both sides, not just for the development of Batman, but also for the development of Superman. There was a lot more investigative work, um, especially with the, the. I think it was like the victim's mother. Yeah, was yeah. a really big part in a lot of the deleted scenes. And this was so much more of a concise story than the theatrical cut. Like yep. even when I left the movie, I still felt like I'm like, man, like feels like a lot of stuff was pulled out of this to kind of fit it into the time that it was but when you get to see this version of it and you get the, I, I liked the original version but I like this one substantially better. Because I mean I've heard people describe it going from like a 6 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10 for no, them after no, watching no, no, this no, no, but no, no. I mean that's just people It goes from a 6 out of 10 to like a maybe a 7 and a half um, but for but, some people, some people though who yeah. are really Brian, downing Brian's on like, this, no, I know no, some, don't don't give it like, don't give it much. Credit. I know no, some people no. who are downing on it really hard who who it changed their whole perspective on this is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so no, for so some people I, it totally. did change the movie to them. So for others uh, I, it was like, well, it just improved it a little. I, I think the biggest thing that it does is it's it's I, I personally, if you ask my opinion, I don't think it's going to take turn people who totally didn't like it. From the from the original cut to this cut, I don't think it's. I, I mean, I know that you say that you have some people that that, that feel that way personally. I don't think that it's going to convert anybody. What I do think is people who were on the fence and who kind of felt that maybe the movie was a little bit disjointed, the editing was a little bit sloppy, things didn't quite coalesce and, and gel into each other the way they should. This version of the film feels a lot more like Chris was saying, concise, tighter. The story flows a lot better. Scenes flow a lot better from one to the next. It doesn't feel like it's jumping around, and it doesn't feel like it's kind of, you know, going in all these different directions at once. The only time I felt that it really did that was with still with that whole like the Justice League plug scene, you know, sequence yeah, with yeah. all the videos Basically, on the screen. That was, that was a little, that so was a little Lex, cheesy to me too. So that was well, my if you look at it part. now. Lex Luthor is the creator of all the emblems on him. So basically, he's he a granddaddy, the granddaddy yeah, of the Justice League. But but it's like <laughs> yeah, Brian said, if if you didn't designer, like, yeah, it's like basically Luther. like you say, Brian. To sum it up, if you didn't like Batman versus Superman before, then the extended cut is not going to add any kind of extra flavor that'll make you want to like it. Like if you didn't like it, you didn't yeah. like it. I mean, basically, yeah. It, I know Elliot Serrano is definitely not going to change his mind. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. I know a lot it's, of people's biggest like complaint was the editing, though. The majority of people who said, oh, I absolutely hated this, they were like, the editing was so shoddy, you know? It was just, it's you know, cut be, you could feel like yep. there was stuff missing. Yep. So I think this is the solution to those people who felt like they're... Like, even I love this movie, but I felt like there was a lot missing. Like, I felt like... They cut out a lot that wasn't, you know. There were some things that weren't answered still. Well, if, so, you, were, if you were a '94 baby, if you were like were born in '94 or not really born in '94, but if you were alive and old enough to know when the death of Superman happened, the movie was perfect for you because you understood what Doomsday was. You understood the death of Superman, and that ending was what turned a lot of people off. Like I had a friend call me up, and be like, "Why in the hell did they kill Superman off like that? Why did they do that?" And I'm like, "Because they did it in the comic books and." It's something that, that as Snyder's kind of feels like the same age as me. Like the dude is has been around for a while, so he knows that the death of Superman was prominent. So he made a movie that wasn't just for fans, but 
pretty much showed everything that he wanted to show as a fanboy. Like, Zack Snyder's not just somebody that just makes a movie. He's also a fanboy, too. So, he's pretty much making a movie that he wanted to see. He wasn't making he a really, movie. He really yeah. did his own thing. I gotta give him credit. You know, I... I... I think it's a really bold film. Um, you know, I can understand why it alienates so many diehard comic book fans, but from a, from a, you know going into it, just looking at it as a film on its own merits, uh, the extended cut again, not the theatrical cut. Uh, I think it's a very solid film. Uh, it's a real. Yeah. The gigantic Did it elaborate? That this movie was in the beginning. I mean, you have a lot of other comic books that are like kind of easy to go ahead and jump into, but this is like one of the most iconic kind of things that fanboys have been waiting for for a long time so he was kind of already he already had the deck stacked against him in the beginning because there were a yeah. lot of people going like man you better not fuck this up right and the same treatment up. with Watchmen. so i mean it's hard to yeah i mean these are characters that are really hard to mess up when you have like over 70 years of reference to look at and see you know what makes these characters so iconic, you know? And you have so many, you know. I mean, there are there are he novels about the just that was his thing, yeah, yeah. I mean, he always has been. I mean, he's so, always been a kind of do it my own way guy. So, so to sum it up, like let let's go back to Chris over here. I'm going to you, Chris. You didn't have enough time to process it, but since we've done this this podcast, what have you processed from the from the Ultimate Edition? Uh, like I said, it was a lot more concise of a story. I feel like we got to see Brian Singer's true vision all the way through, which already improved. Like I, I was one of the few people who came out of it thinking, like, man, why is everyone trashing this movie so bad? But uh, seeing that was it, it was nice. I was very uh, I was captivated by the whole thing. My only my only complaint about the whole thing plot plot line was all this stuff was going on by the crash uh, Kryptonian ship, all the lightning and everything, and yet still Wonder Woman left her hotel got on a plane, and then only when she was on the plane, that's when she decided to go ahead and get involved. Like There was already a lot of stuff saying like, hey, Wonder Woman, maybe you might want to go ahead and get involved in this. But uh, that's the only real problem I, I, Wonder I have. Wonder Woman's like America, you know, in the uh, in the 1940s. Well, they, they did have that, that whole ordeal where they had to have that scene. Like, if, if you look at all the promotions they were doing, they had to have the scene where she was on that exact flight. Like, it makes me wonder, like, did she open the airlock and jump out and fly out? Like, that would have been a scene that I would have wanted to see. Her just jumping out of the airlock, closing the door, and heading out, zooming in. Like, she was on a plane. Like, wasn't it up in the air? Like, it didn't, it would already so, took off, didn't it? She was uh, loading her bags oh, up, like, okay. just like, getting on. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, would have loved to jump her out bags the airlock, though. Up. That would have been cool. One more thing about, uh, one of the things this movie kind of made me realize that it didn't really take in uh, as much as the first one is the score to this movie is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's yes, it is. Part, fantastic. Part. Yeah, I mean, like, just a Wonder Woman score alone, it kind of gets you pumped up. Yeah. It, it does. The score, was, the score was phenomenal on this movie. So I let me tell wait. you where I think this movie fell flat ultimately for me um, and what I was really hoping they would do with the extended cut that they didn't. Um, they made a big deal about Batman's whole, especially in this extended cut, they made a big deal about how dark Batman has gotten, how far to the edge he's gotten. And, of course, the whole theme of the film, ultimately, is that Superman 
brings the good back out in him. He is the light. He is the, you know, he's, of course, you know, the whole Jesus allegory, sacrificing, you know, himself for other sins, you know. And, uh, you know, he, he inspires hope in Batman again, which is, of course, the whole theme in Man of Steel that they set up, which is a nice through line. Here's the fuck up. Here's the fuck up. They set it up really nicely. They don't knock it down. The last scene with Lex Luthor, where he's in there in the jail cell with him, and he's got the brand out, right? And he's going, you know, he's, you're, it's supposed to be this big moment. The film begs it, you know, it, 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 the film tells you what it should be. It should be this big moment where he wants to brand him. He's still that, he's still got that anger and that hate in him, and he knows that branding him will, sit, will sentence Luthor to die, right? But he doesn't. And in the way they did it in the film, even in the theatrical cut, it's kind of just like wishy-washy. It's like, he, you know, oh, he punches the wall, and okay, Luthor's like, oh, he didn't kill me. Okay. It needed to be this thing where Luthor was like, do it, kill me, do it. And he egg him on, kind of like the Joker in, in, in The Dark Knight, you know, and really pushing Batman to take that final step. And it would have made sense from a, ca- a character point of view. Uh, for for Luthor because he's gotten all this information about but he was what's so coming loopy, so to like, speak like Lex Luthor he's dialogue. out of his mind yeah and and like that's he's, that's what irks me about most of the film is I liked Lex sometimes and then other times it's like what in the fuck are you talking about like who wrote your dialogue they need at the suck. Jesse Eisenberg was not a good Lex Luthor at all uh, like I, I really wish they would have waited. Uh, on Kevin Spacey and not wasted him in Superman Returns because I thought he was really good Lex Luthor, but Jesse Eisenberg was just Jesse Eisenberg in this movie. Like if you've ever seen this guy's interviews, that's exactly what Jesse Eisenberg is like. And I think didn't even we're going to see a different version of Luthor in the next movie, though. I think we're definitely going to see a, a different version in the next the movies because yeah, he is. Yeah, because I mean, he was still a young kid who just inherited this company. He's ridden with anxiety about how to carry on this legacy that everyone asks is asking him. How are you going to do it? Because I mean, people were still giving him condolences for I've, his I've father a, being I've gone. Got a theory here. So obviously, obviously, he he's still you know just still processing his dad not being there. So I think that in the next movie, we're going to see check, a more serious Luthor. Check this out. And hopefully, by by another movie, we'll see him in like the war suit even. Check, check That'd this. be amazing. I'm, I'm going to cut to you, Chris, for a second, because you said the last time that you actually uh, read comic books was back with the, with the death of Superman. That was when you were into comic books. But think about this. Yeah. You, re- you remember back then in comic books... The Lex Luthor that we had had long, flowing, luscious red hair and had Supergirl's clone. And yeah. I, I don't know, I don't remember if if he turned out to be like a Lex clone or his double or something. But that that really fascinated me that back when we had the death of Superman, we had like a Lex Luthor with these long red chops and stuff. But yet later on, we got a Lex Luthor with with a bald head. So what Justin's talking about, it doesn't seem out of the ordinary. Like we could still get another Lex Luthor or we could be stuck with Jesse forever, which, you know, I'm, I'm hoping is not the case because like you said, it's, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's his acting or he doesn't know the role of Lex Luthor because he said he didn't do any kind of prep work to be Lex Luthor. And, didn't really know how to portray Lex Luthor, but he did it anyways, and he didn't even go back to watch Batman vs. Superman to see what he was doing wrong. No, or he just to... played himself. He, he just played himself. That's all he did. Yeah, uh, but that's not a bad thing. If you know, It's not like he turned in a bad performance. Like it, It's no. a good performance. It's just that he didn't, he didn't do anything, anything risky. He didn't have I anything wrong. I, 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 I never sat there and was just like, yeah, man, that's 
That's Lex Luthor. I'm just like the entire. That's one of the things that kind of pulled me out of the the suspension of disbelief in the movie was where I was just like, oh, there's Superman, there's Batman, there's Jesse Eisenberg. He's the real. The whole, thing, the whole like thing had this kind of like Elseworld sort of like alternate universe feel to it. You know, like not just him, like Superman, Batman. And, but, you know, th there's a very interesting explanation for everything, which is why I do appreciate the movie. Like, there's a lot of arguments about Superman not being Superman. If you actually watch the film, what Snyder and the writers are trying to tell you with the film is Superman is trying to be the Superman that you know. He's trying to be the bright blue fucking Boy Scout. But the real world won't let him. It's stopping him because the real world is afraid. They don't know what to do with him. As much as he wants to be the Superman that we know, we won't let him. Uh, and that's a very interesting idea, I think. And I, I, I thought they did. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, anyway, and my final thought with, with Batman at the end before I lose this idea uh, is that they needed to drive his redemption home. They really did. You needed to see a conscious decision for him not to do that branding moment where you realize, okay, he's risen back out from this darkness. That's his final decision to kind of become the Batman again that we know. And they fucked that moment up completely. It's what, not there. What it's is only there technically. We we just got a comment and that's about the whole arc of the character. In we the just film. got a comment on the Facebook feed about forty cakes. What is this reference about forty cakes? That is this an inside thing that I don't know about? It says as I long as they reference 40 the forty cakes, I'll tolerate Jesse's Lex Luthor. What is the forty cakes? Is this some kind of like, is that the, is that like the three seashells from Demolition Man? It could be, <laughs> it, except it's forty cakes. You got to rub it. You want to explain that? You want to explain that one? Because we're I, I'm very interested in the forty cakes some, too. Somebody, uh, please. I mean, explain other people are saying like cakes. with Luthor, he was good as Luthor on his own. He definitely wasn't the one that we knew. He wasn't. I mean, none of these characters were the ones we grew up with in the animated series or in the even like you know a lot of the comic books that we had. I mean, I. I understand why people didn't like Jesse, because I agree, he was one of the characters that least convinced me that he was trying to be his comic book character, but he carried the essence of it for this, and I think that we will see a more hashed out character in all of these. Like, you know, like your Batman that's bringing back the hope. I think the next movie is going to hash out these, and I mean, what about Wonder Woman? We only got, like, what, five, ten minutes tops of Wonder Woman the whole movie, if that? Yeah, and, and she didn't really even have, she didn't even have she didn't even have dialogue with Superman the whole movie. I mean, I didn't. My, one of my friends pointed pointed me to that. I, so po pointed out, uh, you were right. She Brian. really doesn't say anything. Brian, you were yeah. right because you are the Demolition Man King. The Forty Cakes is a Demolition Man reference, just for you guys to to elaborate. As long as there's Forty Cakes, Demolition Man, I don't remember that, but okay. I you know I okay. think. I don't know if we've talked enough about Batman versus Superman. Do you guys want to want to hint out your final final thoughts or I got a question. I got a question. Did they hash out any more of the dream sequences? Mm, no, I, I think those were other than maybe a couple of bits of added violence, uh, they were relatively the same. Well, I, th uh, I think they added a couple of different <laughs> shots, but maybe only like milliseconds of shots, like nothing right, really, right. really too intense. But I mean, it is good to finally watch like an actual high def version rather than the theatrical version because you've got a lot more room to play. Like the scene between uh, Metropolis and DC, where the water has the the symbol in the middle of you know what used to be the the lake or the river or whatever. It's longer. Like, you could see a lot more of the left and right and the up and down. 
Like it is good to see. see I got the forty cakes thing. Apparently, the the cakes reference is from the Silver Age of comics. Basically, Lex robbed a bake sale for no reason, and later on, it was made canon in the modern comic. But he did it as a kid. Oh my! That's genius. Well, at least he got his forty cakes. Now, want, that's I. We been... we got to give this comment uh, some yeah. claps here because that <laughs> I did not know. Good yeah. job, Juan. Good yeah. job, Juan. You now, made, you brought one right over all four of us. Exactly. Now, if oh, yeah. it would have been like a Hostess cake <laughs> ad that they're talking about, I might have known that because I actually wrote articles about the top like. 15 oh my god! All the shameless plugs in this movie. Ads. But yeah, let's. The shameless oh plugs everywhere. <laughs> the, 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 I think the biggest one that like like blew me away was early on when uh, in the bathroom when Lois Lane is like getting into the bathtub she puts something down next to like a bottle of like oil of Olay or some shit like that and it's like right there in front of the camera like 50 feet tall if you're seeing it in a theater no subtlety anymore no I mean zoom in right on the zoom in right on the Land Rover symbol you know right there that's a great that's shot another, that's another scene that bothered me I, I think the intro like while it worked for me in theaters seeing it a second time there is way too much of fucking Bruce Wayne driving around in that car it's too much of a plug like there's, it's just shot after shot of the same shit. Yeah. Driving, an explosion nearly well, gets him. It's, he it's swerves, like, another explosion nearly gets it's, him. It's, it's like, like the cell phones too. Though. You cannot deny that. Did you see but the I, Microsoft I mean, cell phone that he was he was cloning? He was like, whoop, got your information no, from a Microsoft phone. Like oh, nobody helped me clone his phone. I've <laughs> <laughs> I've got you all taken care of there, Bruce. Um, would you like me to also fly the Batwing there? Unnecessary scene in the bathtub scene. Agree? Unnecessary scene? I, didn't, I mean, are we talking about the full penetration in the extended cut? I think or? you might might be talking about the scene <laughs> he didn't see with... Man. He might be talking about uh, Ben Affleck's butt cheeks. You remember Ben Affleck's butt cheeks? It was right there, but it's weird that yeah, they... That is a necessary scene, guys. That's a necessary well, scene. They, they talked about <laughs> these Ben Affleck butt cheeks on the internet for like weeks before the Ultimate Edition came out, and yet when you watch the Ben Affleck butt cheek scene... All you get is a blurred butt cheek. You don't even get the full butt crack, you know? And I, I know probably Kevin Smith is probably sitting back right now being like, I wanted to see a butthole. Because Kevin Smith is totally infatuated <laughs> with seeing buttholes whenever he sees butt cheeks. And if you don't get to see Batman's butthole, then what, what good is an Ultimate Edition? I mean, you what can drop the F-bomb. You can drop the GD. You can do whatever. But if you don't show no Batman butthole... Then you ain't got no ultimate edition. Did you guys? Did you guys feel like it was really like deserving of the additional R rating? Did you feel like they added that much well, more? They, I mean, there were there were like a few blood splurts. Well, but they that's also really it. they also added the fuck. They added fuck into that, and they also added goddamn. Wait, when, when did they what? drop the F bomb? You, you guys did. Yeah. About it, when, uh, wait, what? What part are you talking about? There, there's that, a part where they drop the F bomb somewhere in there. I can't remember yeah. who drops it, but but I think it's uh. The the character with no legs, I think he drops the f bomb, says fuck somewhere in there, and then Lois Lane when she's talking to Jimmy Olsen's like, God damn it, you know. So she basically drops. GD. Okay, well you can say one f bomb in a PG thirteen movie, so yeah. Now and he, here's the strange thing: I thought the original version was already pretty much pushing an R. I didn't think this one added all that much more, really. You know, maybe a couple I've seen of like some movies that should have been an R that weren't. I mean. I mean, that goes back to, like, rope, you know, like we were talking last week with movies that were pushing 
pushing R ratings with PG-13. Well, I don't think this movie was actually rated R. I think they just kind of threw that out there and said, oh, it's going to be R-rated. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, I, I mean... I mean I mean, the, all they would have to do was just contact the Motion Picture what did, Association. What was like, the rating? Hey, it wasn't like excessive brutality or something? It, it, there is excessive brutality. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. They leave a few extra seconds in in every shot where Batman's doing something. Like, you see him break an arm pretty grotesquely. Like, he's throwing batarangs into people's chests, and they're, they're, they're not cutting away. You know, it, it's all the stuff you saw in the theatrical cut. But a few seconds extra on on yeah, all those they, kind of like they also showed Martha pretty much straight up get shot in the face. Like they show an extra few seconds of of her actual face like tied into that that necklace. Yeah, the apparently, guy, like, yeah, right apparently Lex also said what the um, apparently Lex Luthor dropped the f bomb when he was in the apartment. He said, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Excuse my French. I, I, I thought I it was something like that. Of- scene uh in the beginning I, I that's one thing i i don't know if I, I i just didn't realize it the first time i saw the movie but i had no idea the gun was pointed right at her neck when the trigger got pulled to to have her killed in the beginning of the movie like i don't know if that w- was that there in the first one i no, think they, they i they think they added like seconds. an extra shot or two we'll see in the three where you saw the gun because all you saw was him like pointing it to her yeah. and then it like zoomed off to her pearls falling. yeah you you never got to like, see her actual showed. face you know like the gun was actually pointed at her face in this one and i, that, I think it was pointed right at her throat man I, I thought that was i thought that was pretty brutal Oh, that was cool, Adam. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just a little bit more intense, if anything. But I mean, I I, I would put this in the same category as something like, uh, you know, when they released that R-rated cut of uh, the fourth Die Hard movie. Like, you know, they throw a couple of curse words in there and uh, <laughs> throw a couple of curse. <laughs> I totally got like a Tom Green vibe for me right there. Uh, <laughs> they throw a couple of curse words in there and like a little bit of extra violence and. That's it. Stay hydrated, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel... Did you notice that? Where they had that one scene where he was just basically just rifling off shots at his face before he got got attacked by another guy from behind when he was saving Clark Kent's mother? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, all this bullshit about the whole, ooh, it's all about Martha, and they just stopped, and they became friends. That shit gets on my nerves. I'm like, yeah... It's it's a, actually a good plot point. Like I don't think of it as a negative plot point. Ah, uh, well, yeah. you know, yeah. everybody seems and to I, attack I, that. People man. just overlook the, the overlook the psychology, the, the trauma that Batman has with losing his mother. Exactly. And how you know he's like, I don't want anyone else's mom to suffer what I had to go through as a kid. And the extended- I think that, that I mean that's the whole reason why he why he picked up half of the robins that he had. I didn't want them to go through that. Except Jason, he was just kind of bored and wanted to. Like ah, I missed Dick. And the, oh, and the extended he misses Dick, all right. Yeah, the the extended cut really reflects on the whole Martha incident. Like it really, you know, just a couple of scenes. I mean, it's it's so odd that that fifteen to twenty seconds of extra moments in the in the film could make such an impact on a three hour film, like or even a two hour film. Like some yeah. of that stuff needed to be in there. Like especially the whole. I mean, like when I watched the first movie, I was like. I was begging Superman, like, I was sitting at the screen going, 
Like, don't do that, Superman. You're not being Superman if you go and kill the dude. I was like, why are you fucking pissed off? And I still had that complaint. And then I seen the extended cut, and I'm like, ah, oh, it makes sense now. Like, you're in... You're... He still does some pretty stupid stuff, though. Like, yeah. there's, like, I made a note of it, like... The, the, when they first confront each other, you know, there's like a scene where he taught an extra scene where Superman like lands next to a taxi where Lois Lane is getting into, and he's like, "I have to go to Gotham. I have to try and convince him to help me, or I have to kill him. I don't have a choice." And like, there's this you know sense of like really like he's resentful and regretful and then saddened and like broken that you know he now has to do something he doesn't want to and become a bad guy, but um, it, it 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 I don't know. It just it doesn't end up uh, it doesn't end up coming together for me when they when they when they both end up uh, fighting and and like especially like in the beginning like his whole the whole thing is like he's gonna try and talk some sense into Batman first except the second he meets Batman he's like I need you to help me and Batman says something and then he just pushes Batman like and he goes <laughs> flying fifty feet and it's like let's talk maybe you should have busted my car before and then we could have actually had a talk. Like, you know, yeah. ser seriously, it's like he swings on him while saying, let's talk. It makes no sense. Does anyone else think this movie was a little too soon? I mean, the, we just got the first Superman, and they wanted to go ahead and launch the entire DC universe. That was a... That, that I, was think, I don't think too well, soon. I think that it was... Um, I think that it was, you, you know, maybe we should have had... Because apparently Zack Snyder had a plan for, like, a four-hour movie. I think maybe not too soon, but not executed the way that it should have been, maybe. Well, that wasn't an original plan, I think that the emails thing was plugged in there a little too soon. Maybe, like, the symbols and finding yeah. out that. Like, that's the only thing that I think was really too soon, was trying to, like, say, all right, these are our characters that you're going to see soon in their own movie, you know, and... Well, I mean, I they they didn't originally plan for it. They they originally planned for a Man of Steel two. So then they they got this it was like what crazy idea from the last Steel. Well, so. Set it up a little bit with Man of Steel two. They they should have had they should have had a little more setup going in. I mean, you're you're talking about launching the equivalent of the Marvel universe in DC off one movie. You know, when the when the Avengers came together, I mean, there were already so many other movies that were already out. And we just got Superman, and that was it. So in this movie, we get to meet Superman again, who we're still learning about because it's only been one movie. You get Batman and it Wonder Woman. It does feel more like more of a Man of Steel sequel, the extended cut. I'll give them that. And, and, you're, and you're, you're learning two new characters. I mean, I've heard that both. I've heard they are, but they're, they're still two new characters to the universe, technically, that they're trying to launch. I, th I just think it was too much too soon. That's just how I feel about it. I, I, I've heard both arguments. I've heard people say, well, it's a Man of Steel se It felt like a Man of Steel sequel. And the other people are like, well, it felt more like a Batman movie if, like featuring Superman. So I, I hear bo both ways. So. The extended cut, I think, is, is a lot more... I, I think for people who had that complaint, uh, especially that it, it felt more like a Batman movie, I think they're going to enjoy the extended cut more because there's a lot more given to Lois Lane and Superman and kind of everything leading up to the middle act and the third act. Uh, well, there's a think, lot more. Don't you think we should have bare minimum at least gotten a Batman before we introduce the two of them to to, to each other? You I mean, know what? I, I think it's going to steal sequel, but at the same time, we're like getting Bruce Wayne's whole that version of Batman, his whole backstory about like Robin being killed. You know, but I think that's why they did that. It's you a know, teaser. Like, they're teasing to, you. 
It's just like I think that this was kind of like I think it. You know, look, we've had we just got done with the Christopher Nolan movies no less than a few years ago, yeah. and I think that that <laughs> and I think that you know it, it would have been too soon to rehash the whole origin all over again. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen we've seen Martha and Kent get shot one too many times and then the whole dramatic fallout after that. I think that this was great to see a movie where we're already seeing a Batman that's established in Gotham that has had an established career and is feared and still kind of a myth. And maybe and this makes me want to see what led up to it more. I think that this was great to introduce a Batman years later after the you know, after an established thing and then going back. And we'll see a little bit more in Suicide Squad with some flashback scenes probably. So I, I think that this was great how they executed Batman, but I think that again it it was it was this movie as as together Batman Superman was executed in a in a way that it it should have been different. Um, yeah, no, I, I I can agree with that. I think my personal thoughts are that, uh, again, referring to the extended cut only, um, it's a much more coherent film than what what came out theatrically. All the themes that were touched on that they didn't really follow through on are now fully explored here, and and it actually ends up being a fairly complex film with some fairly complex themes. Uh, which uh, you know, I, I thought it accomplished really well. It was it's it ends up being a pretty nuanced film in the extended cut, um, so, and I appreciated that. Let's go to the comments real quick. Um, some people were saying, um, I think we should have got Wonder Woman and Batman first. Uh, we should have got a Batman movie before. Uh, it's not important right now. One thing I like this comment. I think we were spoiled by the way the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been establishing their stuff, and I think that that. I don't know that. I think that that's what a lot of people I'm came so in though was spoiled. they said, "All right, oh, this is establishing Justice League. Let's, uh, you know, let's they're going to establish it the same way." And they went a different route. And I think that that really. Um, I want threw a Spider Man, but Sony owns it. You got Spider Man. I want the X Men because Fox owns them. You're getting the X Men. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, Wait know. for I it. That it's coming. It's coming. Maybe there should have been a, a BVS part one and two. Maybe I don't know. I think I think I'll I, go so far as to say I think it's time for us to oh. to to skip on to the next I, round. Chris, do I don't you guys want to do Game of Thrones tonight, or do you want to save it for the next I, time? It's your call. I think it's time. I, I, th I, I think, think we're having time. a great time here. But, Cause, okay. Cause the the finale was this Sunday, and it's definitely something we got to talk about. Now, Chris, I don't know if you notice this, but if you look in the little spindle there. The Bolton symbol is gone now. And the Stark symbol is there. The, exactly. Mm -hmm. I, the plot points is gone. So we're going to go ahead and skip on ahead. Get get rid of the Batman vs. Superman. Because we can only in you know we can only say it so many times. What, what exactly we love about the movie and what we hate. And why it's better <laughs> than the original version. Because we've said it like 20 times. You guys, times. I'm totally out of the loop on Game of Thrones. So like. That's alright. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm out of this convo. Well, Justin, I'm sure that you. everybody was out of the loop on Captain America except for me and you, but that's that's why we have Chris here, and we've got Brian. Now, now there's something there's something really special about this Game of Thrones moment for me. This is this 
last podcast, I don't know how many how many seasons were you behind, Brian? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I, I, I was behind a solid two seasons. Like, I'm telling you, that's two seasons is 20 hours worth of video in between a yeah. normal life and in between editing. So I've got to give it up for you. I, I got to clap because I'm so fucking proud that, that in one week's time. Biggest loser here. Dude, Not fair. Dude, in one week's time, you have watched 20 hours of Game of Thrones and managed to watch the Batman yeah. versus Superman extended cut all before we went live on the air. So, that's an incredible feat, man. <laughs> that, that's, that's incredible. That's all, that he gets he gets 20 hours of Game of Thrones at once. I have to I have to wait an excruciating six seasons. I wait summers and winters and all this other stuff. And what happens to him Like when he wants to go ahead and catch up? He just goes ahead and binge watches all of them. Like, my mother <laughs> did the same thing, and it's just it's not fair to someone who's been watching the show since day one. Well, the, well, this would make yeah, it even, even worse, dude. I did. I, I always <laughs> thought Game of Thrones was stupid. I would never watch it. I was like, oh, Game of Thrones. Fuck Game of Thrones, man. I'm watching The Walking Dead or something. I went four seasons. I did not watch Game of Thrones for four seasons. And then one day I was like... Holy shit, they're giving away HBO for free. I'm going to get it. And I spent at least two to three weeks watching watching four seasons of Game of Thrones. And I'm telling you, there is nothing like binge watching a, a show like that for the first time. Dude, four seasons I went through. And then the fifth season popped up. And the fifth season was airing as I was watching the fourth season. So as soon as I got done with the fourth season, the, the fifth season was wrapping up. So that gave me an extra season. So I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling like... You all have them on DVD or something? Like, no, Because if one of you all wants to lend me a way to watch all of this, I will gladly sit my butt down and binge watch everything to catch up. Dude, I'm telling I'll tell you, you what. I'll right I'll now... I'll the login to my HBO Go account. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll, I'll get you all taken care of. Well, see the oh thing. My God. The thing is, Justin, you can get HBO. You. you can get HBO now, right now, for like thirty day free trial, and you can catch up that's on everything. That's what I did. See, that's, <laughs> that's, okay, I don't have thirty days HBO to binge watch. Money. All right, I don't have thirty thirty days to binge watch. This will take a little bit longer than thirty days. I can't. I can't do what Brian did and binge watch it in like a week. Dude, <laughs> you, you will start, man. I'm telling you right now. Like, I, I watched uh, at the end of the fifth season. I decided I wanted to go ahead and read the books because a lot of people about the books had had said, "Oh, they're doing this different. They're doing that different." So I started reading the books, and they're huge. And I got about halfway through the first one, and then I just rocketed through the other ones like they were tissue paper. I just tore them to shreds. It, it's just so well written. And um, it, this this show will get you, man. It, like once you get like one one or two uh, episodes in, you're toast. They got you. I, I hear. I mean, I get a lot of the references. I I see, and I'm on the internet enough to where I can understand kind of what's going on, kind of who's who and who's dead and who's not, and then who comes back to life because of magic. So, <laughs> yeah. Tyrion. Yeah, I got, I got, I got some. Oh, I got some bombshells I'm about to drop about those two characters. Oh man! <laughs> so, if you so, watch the show, you're not ready so for them. Let's, so let's let's talk about the actual season finale. Let's talk about this this season of season six because uh, whenever I was reading Brian's Facebook uh, post and his Twitter post, I noticed something really particular that he likes season six better than season five. 
I don't know how you feel about it, Chris, but I kind of like season five a lot better than season six because season six feels like a big long prologue to me, like a bunch of stuff thrown together. Like they they have to meet George R. R. Martin in a fucking hotel room to be like, hey, can you give us some fucking chicken scratch of what you wrote in the next book? But season yeah. five, it was like, damn, dude, there's fucking zombies in here, but they're not any zombies. They're the White Walkers, and like there was a huge epic battle, and everybody was like, oh, the Battle of Bastards is, is epic, but man, the White Walker battle for me was like, holy shit, there is some crap going down right here. So for me, like... I season like, five. I like season five season better five. than season six, All right, man. here's the thing. I'm going to tell you guys the same thing I told uh, that guy over there, is uh, season five... While it, it was slow and kind of heavy on filler, it was a gigantic buildup to it. Like season six was totally the payoff for season five. Like we kind of suffered through season five a little bit to see all of the batshit crazy part of my language. That was season six. I mean, this was the most packed season of Game of Thrones that they've had si since they started. I, I was satisfied every single day. I actually have a friend who I was rating episodes of Game of Thrones on something I called the crazy scale and it was however many A's were in crazy was like how nuts that episode that episode was but I was I was totally thrilled there was only one actually in this scene right here if you see that little orb that's up there that uh, Samwell's staring at a lot of people don't pick this up but that's actually the main orb that you see in the opening sequence of Game of Thrones where you know they're showing the names and yeah. everything it's oh, wow. rotating. I never realized now, now that you're pointing that out, I see it too, and and I guess Sam Well sees it too. He's like, "Yeah, I remember the opening credits. I watched them too." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but uh, so it, it was really cool to finally see Old Town and uh, the way they wrapped everything up. Like, I'm stoked. I just want to know where the hell my book is, uh, George R. R. Martin. You got to get on this, man. You really do. I, I'm. He, he needs to just go ahead and just say fuck it and just sit in there with Stephen King. Be like, Stephen King, you write it, and I'll tell you what to write. Because I got, I got this right here. I got the jittery hands, man. I'm about to do a song and dance. I just hope that it. he writes some kind of manuscript so that he, you know, if he kicks the bucket before he finishes, at least we have a story. Yeah, yeah some like, sort of I mean, outline or something like that. Tell where a lot yeah. of going at this point. Um, yeah. And, and how it's going to end up wrapping up. Like this is one of the most intricate stories I've ever read in my entire life. Where five books are, are all like everything is finally coming together you know what i mean and that's a hell of a setup like this is thousands of pages of stuff that's set up to pay off cohesively and i'm i'm stoked for it but but how did you feel about season six in particular did you feel like it was just like catering to the fans like they pretty much all the fan theories that they had on the internet pretty much turned out to be true except minus the spoiler alert um Hordor. That thing was was announced like five years ago on some dude in, on Reddit. But for me, that it's like, I'm going to tell you this right now. If, if you watch Game of Thrones and you love a character, that motherfucker is going to die. It don't matter how much you fall in love with a character on Game of Thrones or you really want, it, want that character uh, being there, they're going to die. I, like, think there's, I think there's one or two that are safe. Yeah, there, there definitely are. And... Um, I, I can I can go ahead and start delving into conspiracy theories that my friends have been telling me to shut up. But uh, in the books, you um, a lot of the book readers, for good reason, got the sense that Jon Snow was the son of Rhaegar uh, Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. And uh, even Littlefinger in a lot of the episodes kind of allude. Like he's told Sansa before that um, that 
the story about the, there, see there's two sides of a story right in a battle there's a side of the winners and the side of the losers in Game of Thrones we don't really hear the side of the win of the losers uh, as in the Targaryens and stuff and everyone wants to run around and say that Lyanna Stark was abducted by uh, by Rhaegar Targaryen and all this other stuff but now you're seeing that Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark they fell in love with each other there are there are lots of other things that show that to you but the the show is so complex that it's really easy to glaze over a lot of stuff i've been telling people for the last couple days like pointing out certain things they're like well i don't get this and i'm like oh remember in season three when this happened and like all this other stuff so um if you read the books you saw it coming i i i don't think they were doing anything crazy like they the creators were told by george rr R. martin what was up with hodor they, they, in a hotel room. <laughs> in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Good point, though. In a hotel room. And, and the creators of the show, actually, when they approached George R.R. R. Martin to go ahead and make the show, they George R.R. R. Martin asked them to go, who's Jon Snow's parents? And they answered the question, and that's when George R.R. R. Martin gave them the green light to go ahead and make the show because they they could put the pieces together and they knew. So there, there. I thought this season was fantastic. It was, it was the episode nine was the best hour of scripted oh, dude, television I, I've ever seen. In I life. agree. The, the only problem that I had with episode nine is the fact that I like, I like my shows where I can see them, and I would say about fifteen percent of that show was not viewable. Like it was either too dark or there's too much stuff going on. Like Jon Snow's getting buried, and you're like, what the hell's going on? I can't see. You're like, move the fuck out of the way. Or or when Bolton finally meets his end, spoiler alert, you don't you don't really see it. You see shadows of his figure, but you never actually see what the hell actually happened. So, I mean, for all I know, Bolton's face could have got ripped off, and he could have been going in there going, <laughs> you know, still alive. Well, but death that you didn't really get paid off that in that way. I mean, every other death in Game of Thrones has been very, with the exception of Stannis Baratheon, has been very uh, demonstrative. Like, they, they, they go out of their way to show it to you. Look at what happened to Walter Frey in this episode. They spent $10 million on this episode alone in CGI, which is why you don't see Ghost in it, because it was uh, they actually said it was either 1-1 one, one, the Giant or Ghost and that one, and one had to, you know, it was well, either one or see, the other. That's, that's another fucking thing that pissed me off. You know, two episodes I've went without my ghost, man. That fucking dog stays right next to his side all the time, dude. Where in the fuck is my dog at, man? Like, at least put him in the... Like, what what I wanted to see in the final episode is when Jon Snow's standing, or, you know, pretty much sitting at the table, I wanted to see his dog in another chair next to him, just like, kind of like... Like, you know, just chilling, propped up, man. And I know a lot of fans probably would have was like, where the hell is where's Ghost at? That would have been cool. They exhausted the CGI budget in the ninth episode, though. They really did. They they, they went yeah, out of the way But they could have pulled a, they could have pulled a Lord of the Rings where they just like actually set set him up closer to the camera and then had <laughs> John Stowe sitting there and you wouldn't have had to use any CGI. You've got a dog sitting there and then it looks like look you know, they could have done that. That's Brian. He makes yeah. he makes videos. He knows how to make yeah, that. What, closer. <laughs> what, what do we do with uh, the Hulk in Marvel Zombies? The perspective. Uh, well, that's actually a shot we cut out. But yeah, it's a forced perspective shot where you place him a lot closer to the camera than the other actors, and then you use a really long lens and compress the frame so it looks like. It's what they did in a lot of those shots from the uh, from the original Lord of the Rings trilogy with the Hobbits. A lot of forced perspective. 
Pros, don't adjust your keyboard. You're about to watch the Comic Book Jerk Show. From the flamers and noobs who were trolling the fans, the midichlorian masterminds concocted a plan before he had an emporium of Endorian L's, and he was complaining about those movies starring Christian Bale. Anime's manga mastermind returned again to reboot his new show with all his geeky friends. Like the difference in Wookiees and Tribbles and Kibbles and Bits, the story comes together like a reductor twist from Harry Potter. Or maybe it's worse, you might even curse the jerk for reminding you that everything's worse in the back of your mind. He says what you never could, and you never should, and you never would, but he could. So listen up, troll, and let's go. It's time to sit back and watch a comic book jerk show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.